Welcome to the Better Off Podcast. We're sponsored by Betterment, the largest independent online financial advisor. All right, it's January and uh, everyone's depressed. I mean, literally on January 2nd, I walk out of my building at, you know, I don't know what time was it? 530. It's pitch black, single digits. It's so depressing. But I was in such a good mood. I don't know why. I feel like very rested. Things are good. I love my job. I get love my podcast. I love it all. It's all good. I get to work with Mark, the best producer in the world. But it is a tough time for a lot of people. You know, it's getting into that New Year thing. And everyone makes these resolutions. First of all, resolutions. I, I love the research on the resolution. Because uh, a quarter of resolutions are done by the first week. Six months, only half survive. 10% are kept by the year end, which is what mostly why resolutions are pretty impossible. So I often get a lot of questions from people and I get interviewed by folks and they say, well, what should my resolutions be? Let's start with uh, kind of the big three. How about that? And I know you probably have these three tackled already. You're listening to this show. You probably know this. And what I would say to you is, okay, I assume you know this, but maybe your kid doesn't or maybe your bust out cousin doesn't. Wink, wink, you know, because in case it's you, it still works. Here's your three. Number one, pay down your consumer and student loan debt. The consumer stuff is more important. The credit card balances, the auto loans, but student debt, you know, that's a 6% interest rate on some of those loans. Let's get that paid down. Every time you pay down debt, you know what's happening? You're getting a risk-free return of whatever that interest rate that you're paying is. So if you have a student loan debt and you say, oh, it's 6%, it's not that bad. Yeah. Where are you getting 6% totally risk-free? Nowhere. So pay down your debt. Just do me a favor. There are some people who say, oh, you just pay off the smallest dollar amount first. I don't go for that. Pay off the highest interest debt first. List all of the debts that are in your life, not mortgage debt, okay? But all of the other debts, your credit cards, your student loans, whatever else is out there, and put it in order, highest interest to lowest interest, automatically pay these bills, but put more money down towards the highest interest debt first, whittle it down and go on to the next one. The next one is to make sure you've got that emergency reserve fund and quit quibbling with me. It's six to 12 months of your living expenses. Now, when you've got an emergency reserve fund, it's for an emergency, right? It's a safety net, right? That means that you cannot say, oh, you know what? My emergency reserve fund is in my brokerage account that's invested in these five stocks. That's actually not an emergency reserve fund. Now, I know that that may sound like it's heresy because there are some of you out there who want to have every single dollar working for you all the time. But if the emergency hits and the stock market is down at the exact moment when that emergency hits, you do not want to be forced to sell something at a loss. So keep that emergency reserve fund in a liquid, accessible cash equivalent account, meaning your bank, which is getting rotten rates, means a money market, rotten rates, short-term CD, rotten rates. I get it. They're rotten rates, but it's safe and it's accessible. Okay. This is the most important thing 
for you to remember that safety net has to be safe and accessible. And number three is maximize your retirement savings. Your limit this year, $18,500, bucks, 24 5 if you're over the age of 50. Your traditional, your Roth limit is $5,500, $6,500 if you're over 50. When I say max out your retirement savings, some people will say, oh, of course I put the max in. I put in 6%. That's what my company matches. That's not maxing out. Now, I want everyone to at least put in up to the company match. And by the way, you should be putting into the company match even if you have some debt that's outstanding. Don't leave that free money on the table. So do both. But you want to be maxing out eventually to that $18,500 limit. I know it's hard. I know. So one way you can do that is you can choose something called an auto escalation feature. A lot of plans have this. So it's essentially saying up front, hey, I'm going to put in 8% this year into my retirement account. Next year, go up by a percent or 2% so that you build that in. Or even maybe mid-year, maybe you've paid off your FICA taxes and you've gotten to that limit by the summer. Maybe you can put more money into your retirement plan after that when things free up a little bit. The most important thing to remember about retirement is you want to max out to the extent you can. And I get it. If you're just starting out, it may not be possible to get to 18.5. Do the best you can, but start somewhere. Now, you'll notice that when I said establish an emergency reserve fund of 6 to 12 months of your living expenses, that that actually means you have to understand how much you spend every month. And this is, of course, when you might say, I need a budget. But I hate budgets. I really do. Because I think that most of us are never going to actually live within our budgets. And they're these arbitrary numbers. So I like to do this the other way. I like to basically say, instead of making yourself completely nuts about, well, how much should I spend in these 42 different categories... Just say, what am I spending right now? Use technology, right? You know, Mint, you need a budget, level money, your bank's technology, whatever. Keep track of your money for 90 days. That's it. Three months. That's all you need. And then once you understand how much you're spending, you now have an idea of kind of what we call your monthly nut. And you add in some of those, maybe those uh, once in a while kind of expenses, vacations or camps or activities for your kids. That's it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to change what you're doing unless you feel like you don't like where some of the money is going, especially the discretionary stuff. So maybe you say, hey, you know what? Instead of going out to dinner every single weekend, both nights, I think what I'll do is I'll go out one night and I'll take the other bit of money and use it to pay down my debt or put into my emergency reserve fund or put into my retirement account. I'm not saying you should just do nothing. You're not a hermit, but you've got to make choices. And the only way you can make a smart choice is to understand where you stand right now. Strike that word budget, get rid of it. We're done with it, all set. And when we come back from this very quick break, we're going to round out the top five things that every single person should be thinking about for the year ahead 
when it comes to your money. This is Better Off with Jill Schlesinger. All right, we'll get back to my resolution checklist in just a second. But, you know, it is the beginning of the year and it is the perfect moment because you're sort of in this real swell of activity. You may or may not have made a financial resolution. Who knows? But you know that tax season is coming up and you know that your life is pretty complicated And this is the perfect time to look at how you did last year in your investment life and determine whether you need to do something different this year. Enter our sponsor, Betterment, the largest independent online financial advisor. Maybe you want to just get a little check on how you're doing. There's a free investment review. It helps you assess your accounts and your strategies, fees and risk exposure. But maybe you just want to put your investment plan on autopilot and you want to do so for a cheap annual fee. That is what this is about. When you are an investor, the most important thing that you can control is your cost. And one of the reasons I'm so excited that Betterment is our sponsor is it is such a reasonable way to invest a quarter of a percentage point on assets under management. You even have an option to upgrade for access to a CFP or a licensed financial expert. But you can check it out. This is really the next level of turnkey investing for all of us. So go check it out. Go to Betterment.com. You'll learn more. And now we'll go back to my resolutions. You want to know your five biggest action items for 2018? Well, you already got your top three down. Pay down your consumer debt, including your student loans, establishing that emergency reserve fund, six to 12 months of your living expenses, and maxing out your retirement savings to the extent that you can or to the limit of the law, 18500 bucks this year. Number four, you got kids? Stop messing around. Use a section 529 education fund. Hey, this year, now with the change in the tax law, you can use this not just for college. You can use it for grammar school. You can use it for private high school. Here's the beauty of a 529 plan. You put the money in, it's already been taxed. I get it. But it grows without any taxation. No capital gains, nothing. It grows, it grows, it grows. You tap that fund for education to write a check to your private high school or to your college that your kid's attending, there's no tax due. It's tax-free investing. And for some of you who live in states with really good 529 plans, you may even get a state income tax deduction for using the 529 plan. You got to check with your state. If your state has a crappy plan, You'll know this because you'll go online and there's a million different ways to search about like which are the best plans and which aren't. If your state does not have any incentive to use the state plan, you can use any state's plan. The ones that have been very highly rated over time, Nevada, Utah, Alaska, Maryland, none of them require you to go to school in that state. But they're really good plans. So check those out. So fund that 529 education fund. So let's say you do all of this. You're putting tons of money away. Maybe what you want to do is just have a a sort of a secondary investment account. Uh, Let's call it a general investment account. And you can use that to fund anything. Maybe it's a second home. Maybe it's a, a, a supplemental retirement account, meaning just a slush fund of money. 
But those five things are really easy things to do. Want me to throw a couple extra ones on? How about a little two extra ones for the pod, Mark? How about that you just check out your insurance coverage? You know, you want to wait for a storm to hit to figure out what's in that homeowner's policy? Uh Uh-uh. Do you have enough life insurance? Run it through a calculator. Just look at that insurance because it actually is important and it matters. And here's your biggest bonus tip. Stop messing around. Stop making excuses. I don't care if you can't agree who the guardians of your children will be. Get something down on paper. Go see a lawyer. Conduct an estate analysis. In the last six months, I have personally encountered people who have actually, unfortunately, had to settle estates of their dear relatives who didn't have a will. To me, that's about the most selfish thing that I could imagine. Does that sound mean? Are you kidding me? I mean, look, if you, especially if you know you're going to die. I'm talking about people who are sick. They have end-stage cancer, and there's been no estate document created. There's no will. Or my favorite, Mark, you know this one, the one who died and left by mistake an ex-spouse as the beneficiary of a retirement plan instead of the current spouse. Get your estate planning done. So now I, I went from five to seven. Pay down your debt, emergency reserve, retirement savings, 529 plan, general investment account, check your insurance, do your estate plan. I need one. I should do eight for 2008. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, okay. I'm going to do one. Subscribe to Better Off. There it is. There's your eighth. Subscribe to Better Off wherever you get your podcasts. All right. That's it. Uh, That's our deep dive. Those are the things you need to do. Stop messing around. This is not rocket science. This is common sense. Get these things done. You can do it one at a time. Tick them off. You're listening to Better Off with Jill Schlesinger. Okay, it's time for the listener question of the week. You know, this is what we love to do. We love to talk to you. This is our, you know, when they say the algorithms are getting constant feedback, this is our constant feedback. So what we would love is to hear from you. If you've got a financial question, if you've got a comment, give us a holler. Ask Jill at betteroffpodcast.com. Ask Jill at betteroffpodcast.com. And uh, let's go right into it. It's Tyler who's on the line from Minnesota. Hey, Tyler, welcome to Better Off. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Jill. Um, I've been saving up for a Tesla for a while now. A Tesla? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. Why do you have to have a Tesla? I I really love the car. Um, I, I think even though it's a more expensive car, I think it's a great way to promote electric vehicles in general. Well, um, wait, 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 what about the Chevy Volt? That's not a good way? No, it's not that it's not a good way. <laughs> I tested it out. <laughs> I'm totally busting your chops now. I think I can afford it. But oh, uh, wait a second. Oh, hold on a second. First of all, how much does this car cost? Uh, I have, uh, it's a slightly used one. It was a demo vehicle, so it was 1100 a month for the lease. Oh, my God. You're nuts. Stop it. I'm going to stop you right now. I'm going to stop. Right. I'm, I'm so, I'm, 
I don't even care. If you had $10 million, then you're fine. So let me ask you this. Let's go backwards before we start getting me completely insane because I hate cars anyway. Um, But that is full disclosure. You call me and ask me about a car. I'm always going to tell you not to buy it. That said, tell me about yourself. How old are you, Tyler? 23. Oh, like a 23-year-old needs a $100,000 car. All right. Hold on a second. Now, what's what else is going on? How much do you make? I I make uh, I I actually have two jobs. One is primarily just for happiness, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I I make uh, around ninety thousand um, for my primary income, mm-hmm. and my uh, secondary is about seven thousand a year. Let's say you make a hundred grand a year. Okay, where do you live? Do you rent? Yeah, I, I currently rent. What's your rent? Fourteen hundred. What do you have in savings, just generally speaking, not retirement, just, you know, your, let's call it your emergency reserve fund? Well, my emergency reserve fund, I have 27500 Okay, great. And then, and then I have, like, various other, I don't know, I, I, I was just kind of putting money into a fund for, like, a house, uh, general investing, Tesla for All right, so down the line. I got it. So How much is in there? Well, uh, five or 6000 Okay. Uh, retirement. What are you doing for retirement? That is a little complicated, but I have fifty five hundred in a Roth right now. I'm contributing the max to that Roth mm-hmm. IRA. Mm-hmm. I'm contributing a, a around uh, seven thousand two fifty into my primary four hundred one k, and that's a Roth uh, thirty five hundred a year to a uh, the other four hundred one k Roth mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. um, and those ones combined have a total of about 12,000 right now. All right, so you've got but you're putting a lot of money in there. So you're putting whatever yeah. 15, 16 grand a year away right now for yeah. towards retirement. Yeah, and then and then they're also matched and the combined match is a, a little under 4,500 mm-hmm. a year. Okay. That's um, pretty good. And then I also put 3,400 into an HSA that I don't really use and I plan on using it for retirements as well. Okay. That's good. Okay, but let me. Can I get back to this for this gosh darn car, which I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to bang my head against the wall because I know you want to do it, and so I'm going to lose the battle. I'm putting it out there that I know I'm losing this battle, but I'm going to still put my case forward. So right. you're doing a phenomenal job of saving. You really are. You're you're so young. You you know you don't make a ton of money. Make a hundred grand. You're saving somewhere around fifteen to twenty percent, which is fantastic overall. That's great, both in retirement and other and other stuff. That's good. Here is my very big concern, and that is that $1,100 a month is money that would not be going into other savings, obviously. You'd have to pull back on something. And I yes. presume what you'd pull back on is non-retirement savings. I'd stop by. I mean, if you're going to be uh, lured into doing this or if you're going to be tempted into doing this, what I would say is, you would stop buying the stock. Um, you've got your emergency reserves funded. And then that general investment account where you have five or six grand, you'd stop doing that. And that's probably, I think that might do it for you. Um, about, yeah, right? That, that, was, that was my goal, yes. <clears throat> okay. So I hate that plan. But if you do decide to do it, just know that you are robbing yourself of liquidity and opportunity. And you're not going to buy you. Like, I hope you have good time living in your Tesla because that's instead of buying a house. 
because that's what you're doing. You're trading the opportunity. Mark's laughing right now um, because, you know, you're trading the opportunity to accumulate a down payment for a home. Now, look, maybe you want to be a renter for the rest of your life. That's fine with me because, honestly, $1,400 a month in rent is no big deal and you can afford it. And so that's good. But if you want to buy a home, what you're essentially saying is, well, you know, I'll, I'll delay buying a home so I can buy this dopey car. I mean, this beautiful car. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. I, I saw one on the road recently. I was very taken with it, but I would never spend. I can't spend that much money on a car. You know why? Here's the thing, Tyler. No matter what, even if it is a Tesla, it is a depreciating asset. That is what a car is. Yep. And so the idea of putting a hundred grand into something that I know will drop in value makes my stomach turn. Will it kill you? It's not going to kill you. You're going to be okay. It's just that your base, again, I think this is what the trade is. I can live in a house or I can drive a car and maybe the car is more important to you. I would not make that choice. If you were my client, I'd be like basically banging my fist down on the table and begging you not to do this. But you are not my client. You're just a a friendly listener. This is an ill-conceived idea. I'm against it. But I don't think you're going to blow up your financial life by doing it. How's that? All right. What do you think? Are you, are you ne- you're still going to do it, aren't you? I don't know. My plan was to do it in four or five years, but then somebody else. No, no, body, so. don't do it. Don't do it. Mark is even saying don't do it. You know, Mark is 10 years older than you, 15 years older than you. He just bought his first car. He owns beautiful real estate before he bought a car. We are real estate tilted people here at this program, especially if you can find something you really like. But anyway, I wish you the best of luck. Come drive your Tesla to visit us in New York. You can't do anything with it here. I don't think there's any charging stations that are so easy. We had the guy on from Consumer Reports. He loves a Tesla. He said it's like the coolest thing ever. But he said, you know, driving on the East Coast with a Tesla is completely idiotic because you can like you have to go out of your way to find charging stations. But maybe you got a bunch of them in Minnesota. I wish you the very best of luck. I hope you end up aborting this idea. You're amazing. You're doing great job. Let us know what you do. Okay. All right. If you you. take a picture of the you and the Tesla, I think we'll have to tweet it out. So just send us a picture if you do it, okay? All right. All right. Good luck. Will do. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. That's the show. I hope you enjoyed my top five. I mean seven. I mean eight. Your eight action items for 2018. And thanks to our caller, Tyler. We release new episodes of Better Off every Tuesday and Thursday. But you know what? Make it easy for yourself. Download the show anywhere. You can subscribe to it. Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or you can just go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Better Off is distributed by Cadence 13. Our executive producer is Mark Talercio, and we're sponsored by Betterment, the largest independent online financial advisor. See you next week.